Hey guys. I'm Noelle Moran. And I'm Lois Shaw. And this is In Service. Welcome to our late night session. <laughs> I could fall asleep. Really? Right now. But I won't. I'm going to stay alert. You fall asleep on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, don't I, I don't know that I would ever stop laughing. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I'm ready. Should we begin? Yes. Okay, no. okay. We are still in our uh, series on what the Bible says about teaching. And we're actually going to do some more conversation on Ephesians four, because there's just so much goodness in that text and we have more to say. So Noel's going to read it again and we'll dive in. So 11 through 17 says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine to human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So this idea of building up the body of Christ um, in verses one and two, it really calls out four characteristics, humility, gentleness, patience, and then bearing with another, with one another in love. Mm. Lois, what are some ways in which you see the importance of these characteristics and some situations where you really feel like they need to be prominent when it comes to building up the body of Christ. So, yeah, that's, it's so rich. Um, well, a word I'm praying over the year for myself is gentleness. I've been thinking about gentility and how it is a fruit of the spirit that I often pass over and haven't thought about a ton in my life and how, it is the very character of Jesus. It's a word he uses to describe himself and what an opportunity we have to reflect that, especially in classroom management and how uncommon it is. I know last week, last podcast we recorded and while you were talking about when you get unsolicited advice about classroom management and they say, don't smile. And I received that same advice about being almost mean <laughs> your first semester teaching and I recently talked to some ed majors who were about to graduate and the professor was like, what have you learned? And I was like, I just put up these walls of trying to be someone that I wasn't. And it put a barrier between me and my students. And as soon as I let that down and I was like, Hey, this is me. This is who the Lord's created me to be. This is who the Lord's created you to be. There's a much clearer bridge for educating because I had gentility in my classroom management and not a harshness of this is how you need to behave in my class. This is why you need to respect me. I think especially Gen Z is experiencing a lot of harshness on who they should be. And gentility is surprising and refreshing to them. And as much as we can be displaying that aspect of God's character, I think that has a really big impact. Humility, we talked about last week in terms of 
being able to apologize, being willing to apologize. I'm also thinking about the ability to admit when you don't know something and how much I struggled with that my first year teaching, (laughs) the temptation to make stuff up, (laughs) just like a fear-based making stuff up, trying to gain respect and how much more effective it is to say, you know what? I don't know. I'll do some research. I'll get back to you. I think that actually even makes us more respectable and more approachable as teachers. We don't have all the answers either. Like we're also still people. We're also still learning. Even if you've been teaching for like 20, 30 years, we have so much to learn and grow in. One of my favorite things about being a teacher is that I'll never be a perfect teacher. And so I'll never have reached the peak where I cannot grow anymore or continue to improve. But the spirit of humility, kind of going off of what you said, Lois, it's really easy, especially when you're stepping into the classroom the first couple of years, it's really easy to feel like you need to put on this front where you have it all together. And if anyone sees you mess up, then that's terrible. And it couldn't like nothing could be, could be more embarrassing than people really seeing your humanity. And I think approaching it as kind of what you said, like not being afraid to not know the answer. I'll have students ask me questions and I will just genuinely be like, that's a great question. Let's look it up together. And they'll be like, wait, how do you not know the answer to that? You're our English teacher, so on and so forth. And I'll just like laugh at them and be like, let's look that up together. And this is an opportunity for both of us to grow in this situation and being able to share that spirit of authenticity with your students where you are both organically being yourselves also creates a space for them to organically be themselves. And that is, as we're talking about Gen Z and this push towards them being something that are being forced into a box or being something that they may not be, Mm. a trend that I have seen in all of my years of teaching that I wish every single class that I've had could really capture the essence of is authenticity. Where especially in high school, you see so many kids just trying to be like one another. And Mm. in my eyes, I could just see every single day, I see the distinctness and the creativity in which the Lord created each one of his people. Mm. But in their eyes, they're always trying to be like the person sitting next to them, wishing they had those characteristics, wishing that they looked like them. Be gentle with them. Be patient with them. Creating that safe space so that they know exactly who the Lord made them to be. Yeah, I love that. So... I was just thinking, I was reminded of how insecure students are at the beginning of the school year when they realize they're going to have to sing, like singing is vulnerable, but singing next to whoever they're seated by. And I think this concept generally applies to all subject areas, but um, I would make them do this thing where they would look at the person next to them and, and say, like they'd have to repeat after me and say to the person next to them, like, hey, I'm going to make mistakes this semester. You're going to hear me sing wrong notes. You're going to hear my voice crack. Like, we're still going to be kind to each other when that happens. I'm going to forgive you when that happens. You're not going to judge me when that happens. And how much that freed them up then to sing freely and make mistakes. We've talked to each other about this. This person is going to hear me mess up. I think that applies probably to all subject areas, but I also was thinking today about this powerful moment I had in middle school choir, like probably five years ago when 
like none of them were singing. No one was making a sound. I'd be like, let's sing. And I'm like, are all of you lip syncing? Like I'm not hearing a thing <laughs> from this whole like room of like 40 singers. And I had them all close their eyes and I'm like, raise your hand if you are choosing to not sing because you're worried about someone judging you. And everyone in the room raised their hand. And then I said, well, raise your hand if you are thinking about how the people around you sound and if you're judging them and no one raised their hand. And I'm like, this is an incredibly powerful moment that all of you didn't get to see (laughs) because I told you all to close your eyes. Like none of you are judging each other and you're all living in fear of being judged and you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to use your gifts or to learn or to grow. (laughs) And that's something that's so easy to pull out and is so obvious in something like music where you're all having to display something vulnerable right off the bat. But in all subject areas, it's the beginning of the school year. They're coming in with vulnerability. They're coming in with fear of being judged, especially those early high schoolers or middle schoolers. They're coming in with so much pressure to live up to these standards that are on social media, pressures we didn't even have to deal with when we were that age. And what a turn of events to offer them humility and gentility and patience and love like in verse one. Yeah. And this idea of building up the body of Christ, I mean, in a choir class, I stayed away from choir class. I don't think I ever took a class that required me to sing because if you know me, you know, I don't understand tune in the slightest, but um, as far as I know, choirs are made up of multiple different skill sets right and so even just thinking about i'm not going to dive into it scratch that i would love to hear you explain choir (laughs) um i'm gonna give it a shot and say you have the sopranos um the altos Uh uh-huh the tenors Mm -hmm. and scene that's all that is all that i know (laughs) that is all that i know of you that's good (laughs) Well, anyways, we're talking about uh, the basses. Okay. In my brain, that's a guitar. (laughs) Okay, keep going. But as you think about building up the body of Christ, the uniqueness in which God created his students, like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. nobody is the same. Just like everyone has different skill sets and different teachers bring different things into the Mm -hmm. classroom. To build up the body of Christ is to recognize the uniqueness in which God created his students and to acknowledge it and to champion those areas. Students come into my classroom all the time when they're talking about how they don't like reading or they don't like writing. I get the opportunity to pull out the skills that they do have and the skills that they do enjoy and figure out how to incorporate those into an English Mm -hmm. class. And so that's not treating every single kid as if they're coming in with the same exact skill set and with the same exact end result Mm. that is going to take place. Yeah, that's really good. It just makes me think about stewardship. I often think about my life in terms of a plate and what the Lord has put on my plate because I have a tendency to fill it fuller than he has and then to burn myself up. And a question I try to ask myself regularly is what is the Lord put on my plate? And have I addressed those things before I'm addressing all these other things? Am I prioritizing correctly? And stewarding it well would look like 
abiding in Christ, asking him for wisdom and for fruit to walk with you in that. We know that he does walk with us through life. And are we representing him well to our students? And that can look like a whole host of different, I mean, there's so many nuanced aspects of this. Like, are we representing him well in the way that we grade? Are we representing him well in the way that we classroom manage? Are we representing him well in the way that we are speaking to our class and the way that we're interacting with coworkers and the way that we're planning our curriculum in the way that we're managing current events when we're engaging with students and the way that we're setting up our classroom. And like, there's so many aspects to teaching, but it just comes back to, are you, are we being good ambassadors of Christ? Just a quick shout out to Noelle Moran for this incredible biblical outline. Absolutely not. That was still the wrong tab. You're really far away from your microphone, so our fans didn't hear that. Note, I said fans. Plural. Okay. It's action step time. Noelle, what's your favorite favorite time time of the the day? Action step time. Oh, I have a good one. When you hear, I mean, honestly, students gossiping, students talking mm-hmm. poorly about other teachers, mm-hmm. students mm-hmm. complaining, but then the same way, parents, teachers, administration, whoever it may be, just one way that you can kind of change the trajectory of that conversation is to actually jump in and say something really positive about that student or whoever is being talked mm-hmm. poorly about. Truthful. Watch. Truthful. Positive, but truthful. Yeah. Find a way to champion that person that is being talked about and watch that situation diffuse because mm-hmm. it's only going to amplify when people start joining in or even with silence even if you don't agree or you don't disagree being silent is still being part of a negative conversation around the body True. of christ and so if we're talking about building one another up find like what a perfect opportunity to just champion that person there's a difference between creating a safe space and creating an unhealthy space. Mm, and while you want students to be able good. to freely talk to you, you also want to make sure that you are pointing them back to Christ in the conversations. And it's not just a space for them to complain and say anything. My action step is in bearing with one another. Sometimes that looks like enduring with students that are hard in your classroom. Sometimes that looks like partnering with coworkers who are going through it or who have a hard class, like how can you bear with each other in love this school year with those who are going through it and with those who you can champion because they're doing great things. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you feel empowered in the gospel and in the words of the greatest teacher. Go and make disciples.